welcome back to another episode of Box to Box. I'm Alex Purry alongside Jeff Isahauser. Returning to the show is friend of the pod, Chris Lewis, and our very own co-creator and former host, Akshay Wadwani. Boys, good to have you back with us. Good to be here. So a lot has happened, as usual, since our last show. The transfer window has shut. We have some big stories to go over. We have some World Cup qualifiers to discuss. And then we have a special segment, uh, as you know, during international break, when there isn't much club football to discuss. We've done some interesting segments. We've done, what was it, uh, Sexiest Premier League 11. Um, and we have, another, we have another good one in store for you uh, later on. But let's start off with the transfer window review. We'll, be each, we'll each be giving our grades for some of the biggest sides in Europe, how, they're, how they performed in the transfer window. And seeing as Akshay is back on, we'll start with Manchester United. They obviously signed, they signed someone pretty recently. Can't remember the name. Um, yeah, he's, he's a some washed up old player, but. No, I'd, I'd rank the Diallo signing from a couple summers ago as a little better than this one. But uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, A plus grade for us in this transfer window, for sure. Uh, this is pretty much just every single move we should have made last window. Uh, plus some added bonuses, like, you know, small, small, little return of uh, a certain Portuguese player. Um, yeah, Bruno Fernandes is back from international duty. <laughs> yeah, Bruno Fernandes is back. <laughs> my mind, Alex. He's back from the Euros. Um, uh, I certainly don't think uh, that signing 36-year-olds at this stage is a good idea for us. Um, but, you know, this guy named Cristiano, he's, you know, He's apparently he used to play for Manchester United. I certainly don't remember that period. I don't think he did anything impactful. Um, but you know, nice to have a, a little more veteran leadership on the squad. You know, uh, we're a fairly young squad over all this point, um, but definitely some extreme talent in that youth. Uh, I was I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little sad to see Dan James go, but I fully understand why the move was made. We're like overloaded with wingers at this point, so you know, moving Dan James on for a very considerable fee basically just added to a really strong transfer window performance from us so yeah uh definitely a plus for this window but just a year too late <laughs> chris i mean uh, Ak- Akshay's saying that he'd rather have dan james and cristiano ronaldo what do you think about that i mean i guess you could say it for age but other than that i don't think he really means that i mean it's still cristiano no, ronaldo I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> listen Akshay made an interesting point about you know don't want to sign guys who are 36 i have a counter argument um Goats transcend age. Tom Brady won three Super Bowls since he turned 38. When you are that good at what you do. Game by himself. Also, wasn't Manchester United the same team that got Zlatan? So they do I like don't I, well for I them. never liked that sighting and I still stand by it. They do like their, well for them. They do like their old men. All right, all right. Akshay, you didn't like Cavani before last year either. You've been wrong a lot. Cavani was a mistake, but Cavani was much younger, not much younger. Cavani was not a mistake, my friend. He was not a mistake, and I agree with you. I know, but Akshay thought he was before the year started. All right, all right. Chris and and Jeff, for United, for Manchester United, what are your grades? I also say at A+, it's not even just the Ronaldo. It's the the Varane, it's the Sancho. It's like, holy, they got some players now. It's, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just every single signing we should have made last year done this year. So, you know, works out, but just tardiness. These guys are close on the grade. They're, they're very close. They're right in the sense that it's an A plus on the incomings. It's about a D minus on the outgoings. And so the total window ends up as like a B plus, A minus, just because the fact that Phil Jones is still employed, the fact that Pereira not really gone, Lingard not really gone, like – Yes, we got some of the youngsters out on loan, which were in some good moves, but there's way too many guys on the payroll who shouldn't be on the payroll. Juan Mata should be a coach. I don't know why he's still like, and yet he's still ahead of Jesse Lingard in the pecking order. Why is Jesse Lingard still here? Please go to West Ham. Make some okay. money, See, play some football. I, I don't really have an issue with all that backlog, though. Because Phil yeah, Jones is still being paid over 100,000 pounds a week. Okay, Jeff, as I was about to say, 
we can still afford to pay those wages. So I don't really care that we have all that backlog because we're still one of the richest clubs in Europe and we can afford to have all that backlog. So I think it's far more important to go out and get the people we needed to get, which we absolutely did. So imagine imagine if we sold three or four guys, opened up some wage budget, made about 50 million extra in transfers and went out and bought a defensive midfielder. Then you then this is an A-plus window. A I, couple- I, I, Jeff on that one. I, I give United a B-plus. I give United a B-plus because like Jeff said, they didn't get... They have, they're going to be players who are unhappy. I don't think like Martial they should have sold, and I think they've got a considerable, good enough amount for him. Uh, the problem is they, trash. they couldn't have sold him until they knew that they had Ronaldo in, and that happened literally on deadline okay, day. Fine. That's fair, but it's fair. But at the end of the day, he's still a player that's part of the squad. It's not going to get much game time and isn't performing well. So, and then you said you know um, Phil Jones is on the squad, Jesse Lingard is still on the squad, um, and also they didn't sign a defensive midfielder. And I I submit that signing a defensive midfielder would have gone a longer way we did helping them win a trophy than Ronaldo. We have a brand got... new starting defensive midfielder. Fra- who is that? Victor Lindelof. Victor, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Hon- honestly, try him there. Genuinely try oh, yeah. him there. Uh, and, yeah, that, 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 that is United. There, so, ladies and gentlemen, pairing. with Victor Lindelof and Fred in, the, in defensive midfield, who's going to stop Manchester United? I wonder. Um, uh, surely not. Uh, sorry, did... Did Liverpool make transfers this well, window? Okay, well, let's get to Liverpool. Let's get to Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, okay, final thing. I still do not see a super strong need for a defensive midfielder, especially when McTominay is still in the mix. McTominay is not still in the mix. He's out he's till injured. October. Okay, oh, is I... he injured? No. He's hurt. Actually, we're going to be playing <laughs> Matic. It, that's, this is why I want to start McTominay, is that the options in the midfield alongside Fred are like Matic, okay. Pogba, or Van de Beek. That's... That's fine. I'll take those over, you know, not having a new center back or, you know, not you know, no, no. Sancho. You're right that you're right that defensive midfielder is not as important as adding like Probably guys like Veron and Sancho. Addition. Fair. Uh, yeah. But, but, but let's get to yes. Liverpool. I give them a B. I give them a B because C plus. No, 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 no. Okay. Plus. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. They, they did get rid of some Deadwood. Um, obviously Shakiri's, yeah, Shakiri's gone. Um, they, I think they moved on some of the younger players as well. And they did sign Konate, who is, I think, you know, for 35 million is a great signing. He's performed very well for Leipzig. And I think he's, he's a lot to offer just in the years ahead. So for a good long-term signing, I, I think they, Liverpool score some points for Konate. And crucially, besides Vinaldum, they didn't really – I think any window where you hold on to a player like Mo Salah, especially given his value and certain – you know, the fact that Barcelona or Real Madrid or PSG were – or any, was, any of these clubs would be – like would be interested in him and could, and could use him. Holding on to Salah, you always get points for that. So that's was he ever going to leave? Was he ever going to leave? Oh, no, but the point is he could. Does I United mean, get credit for that? holding on to Rashford? Does does Man okay, City get credit is... for holding on to De Bruyne? The, the, the like, man, the, the man for, okay, for Real Madrid, Madrid gets credit for not nearly as high as for Salah. That is not. All right, how about De Bruyne? Does Man City get credit for keeping Kevin De Bruyne? Okay. Yes, very much so. I I, I, I would suppose they does do PSG get credit for keeping Neymar? Yeah. Or Mbappe. No, yeah. They no, they actually no, do get credit that. for keeping I Mbappe. Hate I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> we'll get to that. Chris hates it. We'll get to that. We'll get to PSG. Um, Man City. We're still in England here, guys. Failed, failed to sign a striker, uh, or at least a top-class striker. Um, obviously, Messi's not going there. Holland was linked for a while, but at least for this summer, he's staying put. Holland, Holland the, was always going to be a release clause. And, and, and the big one, obviously, Harry Kane. There's a long window. Um, big saga about that. But it's over. He remains a Tottenham player. Uh, by the way, this is what you get when you make a gentleman's agreement with Daniel Levy. Uh, well, what did you expect? What did he actually expect was going to happen? You signed a six-year deal. Uh, I, I just think, like, I feel bad for Harry Kane, but I almost don't. Um, but anyway, City, will, are they going to regret? Well, what grade do we give them, and will they regret at the end of the season their failure to sign a top-class center forward? Uh, will they regret know. it? Maybe not if it ends with them getting Holland next year. If they go they get Kane, they don't. It. Yeah, like the hope is that they don't get Holland. They, like I think that this window for them is like is a wait and see to to see if Grealish really does successfully fit into that squad, and if he gets even better under Pep and becomes absolutely like you know best eleven in the world tier, which is a realm in the realm of possibility for him under Pep for you know a couple of years, he could take that leap. But it's really about whether or not next window 
helps replace some of the like kind of fading depth. They used to have the most, they used to have the best second lineup in the Premier League and one that would probably finish top six comfortably. And now they're starting to show holes and cracks a little bit. I still think they have the best like second 11 in the Premier League. Um, I mean, I, I would give them a C. I'd give them a C because they spent a hun- like 100 million on Jack Grealish, who's a great player. The only thing is they already have a bunch of players in that position. Sterling, Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, uh, who else? Mares, right? And uh, particularly uh, Bernardo Silva and, and Mares, I, I think they were looking to move on. They weren't able to move on. So now that you have a bunch of attacking midfielders in the team and no, no center forward, no, at least no top class center forward, right? Oh, for uh, Ferran Torres as well as another, you know, attacking midfielder winger you can throw in there. So it's a pretty underwhelming window for City, I think. Um, just because, again, like, you know, they're going to score goals. I get that. But I, I just feel that, that, you know, that lack of a world-class striking option, they were almost exposed a bit in the community shield against Leicester and against Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't get why they would spend so much money in a position where they have an abundance of players, not one where they desperately needed, desperately needed a player after their, you know, the top goal scorer in their history uh, left on a free. I mean, I'm not saying Aguero's not the same player he was five years ago, but still. I mean, like, in theory, replacing the production of from a couple of years ago, David Silva is not a bad thing. Like, they, like... The, the Grealish signing is is still fantastic for their depth and keeps keeps that kind of positional depth fantastic. But it's just really that they have one missing. But they piece have so right much now. depth in that position already. Phil Foden, another player. I mean, the list goes. Okay, let me. You're list listing guys that position. can play at the Phil number Foden, nine for Pep. Riyad Mahrez, Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva. You're listen. You're listing guys that Pep will play at the number nine spot and win with. No, who win? Who win with them? But they'll win more. Uh, they, they, they're going to win more, more games and possibly more trophies with an actual center forward. And that, that's the point. That, that's the point I'm making. That was an area in their squad where they needed to improve and they failed to improve it. But yes, obviously the squad's good. Like, look, they won the Premier League and Aguero didn't really start every game last season. They won the Premier League with roughly the same squad. But, you know, they choked in the Champions League. And who knows? I mean, who, who, who knows what, what's going to happen? Look, they're going to do very well. They're obviously going to finish top four comfortably. But that I feel like that could come back to, to, to haunt them. Not saying they're not capable of winning plenty of trophies, but it just would have made a big difference if they signed something. If they signed something like Harry Kane, they would have been unstoppable. Unstoppable. I think a big reason why people might not be as worried about this, you know, failure to sign a striker as, you know, they would normally be with a team that appeared, appeared to really need one is because City have such an ability more than any other team in the Premier League to really score from anyone and anywhere. I think because they're so good at creating and because they, you know, prioritize as, you know, has been Pep Guardiola's style since he came into international soccer as a manager is, you know, his style is very much about involving everyone and building, you know, breaking down teams from the back and passing and, you know, really emphasizing the possession game. Uh, You know, it probably puts less priority on having a reliable world-class striker up top. And of course, you know, having Sergio Aguero up top definitely helped city to no end, but I think, you know, it, it's probably a little less concerning just from the fact that they can still create from anywhere and score from anyone and from really any source in any of those attacking midfielders and wingers. So, you know, and still having a pretty capable, quote unquote, forward uh, in Ferran Torres obviously helps as well. So I'm not I'm not as worried at first when City failed to sign a striker before the deadline. I was I was laughing a lot at them. But, then you know, the more and more I think about it, the more I realize, like, it's really not as much of a concern for them as it would be for a team like, for example, uh, United or Liverpool, Chris. Uh, I mean, I think with, with with City, I don't know if they really need a striker in that position. Like you guys have been saying, I don't know if if that position because they do have people that can score in every not every position, but most of their offensive mind positions they have people that can score. So I don't know if it's that much of a big problem that they don't have a striker. They also have. Hmm? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh. I mean, obviously, they can try to get someone next year. But, I mean, I think they're fine. All right. Uh, Jeff. Yeah? What grade are we giving City? I don't know. I think Grealish is a fantastic signing. And, yeah, B, B minus B. B. I'll give it a B. 
better grade than Akshay gets in his fantasy football draft earlier today. Luck was not a factor. Uh, Akshay, what grade are you giving Ben today? I, mm, I'm going to go a little lower. I'll give him a C plus. I don't, Grealish just wasn't a huge need for me. And yeah, I get like, he was one of their top goals going into the summer. So yeah, they accomplished the goal, but like, he just wasn't a need and they should have prioritized more getting a striker. I'm sure they did and just didn't get their mark, but I still give him a C plus because they didn't make any major signing that they needed. All right. So someone who's only made, well, yeah, someone who's really, their only major striker was a, what, what only major signing was a striker, Chelsea, Robin Lukaku. That's huge. I think, with Lukaku in this side, this Chelsea team are title favorites. Uh, at least, at least when we're talking about their first eleven, they are the most complete squad. Lukaku for me was a final that final piece of the puzzle. I give Chelsea an A in that they did everything they needed to sign a striker. I mean that a goal, you know, mission accomplished. A. I, I would agree. I also think the signing of well, I, I think it's alone with Saul was a very that was a good very well. very yeah. good. Like it yeah. was very simple. It came out of nowhere to me. I think it was great player design for Chelsea. I, I mean, Tico gets a, an F plus for that, by the way. Yeah, I, I was cool. very surprised to see Atletico let Saul go. So, so was I mean on loan for five million. But look at the depth Chelsea. Have. I mean, they're, they're normally you know they play a flat four in the midfield, um, but the two wide players that are dropping back. Um, but your two center midfielders, Jorginho and Conte, and then if you want to rotate, Kovacic and Saul. It's it's so good. That that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, not complete, not a complete second eleven. Maybe like City could still present and have the best one, but Chelsea definitely has the most fearsome depth of any team overall. Right. And I think they have a better first eleven on paper, at least. Um, and and I've seen more to believe. Maybe United. Um. Oh, and that's with, you know, considering Ronaldo as well. Yeah, their, their, their squad is just scary right now. And, yeah. you know, I think anything less than a trophy this year will be a failure for them. I have to say it. All they right. So much in the squad at this point, and they've built it up so brilliantly and have made so many great signings while, you know, taking off a lot of dead load that they needed to take off. But they just haven't been able to, like, get over that last hump of being consistent and winning. And if they can do that, then it's title and bust. All right, Jeff, what grade are you giving them? I mean, Lukaku's going to fail in the Prem, so, you know, F minus. Yeah, just, just like you failed at Inter. Um, uh, listen, you can go play in a Farmer's League all you want. Farmer's League. <laughs> farmer's League. Okay. Listen, if all it's right. not – it. listen, there are two kinds of leagues, the Prem mm-hmm. and the Farmer's Leagues. Okay. I, I don't think Chris will take one of that when he gets to Real Madrid and Barcelona in the transfer window later. Who? Um, is uh, that yeah, okay. uh, are those don't pineapple Bar- farm pineapple don't farmers don't dairy don't, farmers don't say Barcelona we like what what kind of what kind of farms they got down there okay Spain. Um, we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> Arsenal Arsenal F Whoa. I say it like a like a Z literally maybe? like a yeah I mean like a D if you're being charitable but okay it, let's give no them, no let's no give they don't get a letter grade they don't get a letter grade they get expelled yes no no they get expelled from the Premier League. <laughs> bye bye. I mean, that's gonna yeah, happen. That's gonna happen. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> start to the season, not based off of. If you look at their transfers on paper, it is really not that bad. They made. They the spent. They spent fifty million on. They spent fifty million on a guy who's the third best center back at Brighton. Jeff, because they're Arsenal, that's what they. That's all they can do nowadays. They they can no longer make transfers that are worthy of a big six team because they are no longer a big six team. It is now the big five. There is no Arsenal in this big six anymore. The the, the disrespect to Leicester is incredible. Okay, For, put Leicester in Arsenal's place, fine. Because yeah. only because they're slightly more consistent. That's Kurt Zuma was available for a good fifteen million less, at least. Really? Yes, Kurt Zuma would have been a good signing for them. Uh, he would have been a cheaper Better. signing and I mean, just as competent. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Dude, Liverpool, uh, actually, Liverpool signed Konate for thirty-five million, and Konate is a proven Champions League player. Yeah. Ben White hasn't proven anything. He hasn't proven shit in his career. I mean, he's a good. He's obviously a okay, good player. He's one but... of the best young fullbacks. Or is he a fullback or okay. centre back? Centre back. Center back. But center there back. are plenty of other good young uh, centre backs you could get for less than fifty million. Ben White. Uh, is, is expensive. Ben White's expensive, but he's a fantastic championship center back, and he will help them earn promotion next year. <laughs> not, not, not only that, they spent they spent thirty million on uh, Aaron Ramsdale, right? When they sold a better keeper, Emmy Martinez, for twenty Emmy Martinez, million last year. Emmy Martinez wasn't gonna that 
them wait, selling Emmy Martinez. No, but Emmy Martinez Martin wanted Martin. starting time, and he wasn't going to stay at Arsenal. He's a better keeper than, than Bern Leno. But so the, the fact that they're selling <laughs> Leno's a good keeper. Okay, okay. Leno is Leno is not the reason Arsenal suck. No, 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 he's, no not. he's not. No, he's, he's not. not. But I, I think Emmy Martinez is a better keeper. Team. He's certainly a better keeper than than Ramsdale, and he costs a lot less. It's just for me, you know. Yeah, but that, that that's not the choice. on a backup keeper. Aaron Ramsdale is going to be a backup keeper. Who's Chelsea spent seventy five million. Chelsea broke transfer records for a backup keeper. Right, right. But they, they intended for him to start, and it turns out that he sucked, so he didn't. Wanna... Arsenal art. Arsenal went into this knowing that Aaron Ramsdale would just be like an alternative, yes. like the, for for cup if, games. Look, if you put a microscope up to the major signings yes they all suck and yes there were better options but i'm grading them just based off of the fact that they went out and tried to improve the squad because that is the standards we're holding arsenal to at this point or at least that's <laughs> the, the effort holding them to. effort, ma- effort matters for effort automatically <laughs> well, grade up to a let's say a d plus or a c minus for me. like because yes most of their signings will have no major impact whatsoever some of their signings probably won't even play but at least they went out and tried to sign people to improve the squad. And on paper, those signings were set, some of them were set to improve the squad. Clearly, Arsenal are going to fight. Yeah, that, that's the insane thing play. about the the uh, the transfer of Ben White is that we clown it as much as we do. Anyone disagree that he's one of the best two center backs at Arsenal? For as terrible as the price is, for as not good as the player is, him and Gabriel are the best two center backs at Arsenal. Well, yeah. But As Alex and Chris frantically and furiously Google Arsenal's roster to see if they have any other center backs. Uh, the the bar is not that high. Uh, no, but like Aksha is right in the sense that they did in fact improve their team. It was just an incredibly terrible bit of business. And like they they don't they get some credit for improving their team. They get way more of a knock for doing such a bad job of it. Okay, so let's go. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the other team in North London, Tottenham. I actually think they've had a very quietly effective window. The players they signed: Jill from Sevilla, good signing. Christian Romero from Atalanta. Again, you mean? Hold on, you mean international fugitive? Christian <laughs> 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 um, Romero, international fugitive, if that's how you want to put it, uh, from Atalanta, and then Pepe Sar, albeit only on loan. But I'm going to give Tottenham a B plus here. Some some very just solid signings that improve their team without spending a boatload of money. They, I think it's it's only a B in, and the the extra knock I'll give them, I think on on top of what Alex has brought up, is that really they had to resolve the Harry Kane thing better than they did. The fact that he sat out in Miami and won't be bedded and ready to go with this team and at full strength like a couple of weeks into the season is its own problem. That you know. Like, I think it's a lot less of a problem than not having him in your team. Yeah, I think they get, they get the, the fact that they kept they kept them. Yes, it is big as well. Sure, but like let let's see the fact that everyone knows he wants out and and they decided not to do the deal. Let's see how that plays in the locker room. Let's see how that affects their next couple transfer windows when guys decide not to sign with Tottenham anymore because they know that Levy's word means absolutely nothing in terms okay. of gentlemen's Harry Kane also signed a six year deal. Like that was also yes, on, but partially like, on him at least. And everyone su- knows Daniel Levy's a scumbag. I mean, like, yes, but I think that this Daniel brings this Luther. brings it into into the light enough that I think that it might actually hurt. It doesn't hurt this transfer window at all, but it may hurt future transfer windows slightly. And you have to take that into consideration, even just a little bit. All right, Akshay, uh, how do you think Tottenham? How, how do you rate Tottenham's window? I'll give them uh, a B minus. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with the signings they made. Um, like all of you have said, yes, Harry Kane should be gone. Uh, the fact that he's still there is probably their biggest failure of the window. I actually think their best signing of the window is not a player, but bringing in Nuno Espirito Santos, uh, God, I can't pronounce his name, as manager. Um, he's going to do great things for them, I think. And he's already, you know, you, you can already see uh, even slight changes in the way that they're playing and attacking, which were just really needed changes from the Ponchettino days. So, yeah, props for bringing in Nuno. Uh, he's going to be great for them as a, man- as a new manager. Um, I just... It doesn't seem like there's a lot for Tottenham fans to be excited about this season. They're clearly playing it very safe, and the, you know, I, there's no way they're challenging for the title over teams. Well, like no, but I think they'll be better than they were last year. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a very much it's like a okay, we're going to try for the Champions League and nothing more this season, which you know is kind of disappointing if you're a Spurs fan because that's kind of the mentality they've been in as a club for the past you know several years without much progress or change. 
So, you know, I just, I don't, uh, I don't really understand that the, you know, the forward direction, what this club is doing. Akshay, um, did you say trying for the Champions League? But yeah. you know, they're not in it, right? Yes. I'm trying to make it. Qualifying for the Champions League, Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) The the only problem with that is that it's not that Spurs are a bad team. It's just that the teams that we pretty much would expect to get top four, no particular order, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United are just so much better. Um, And then you have to ask the question, you know, for as much of a choke job as Leicester does, they still finished fifth the last couple of years. Like, is that a team that Tottenham can realistically finish above? I think so. They should. Um, they should. They should. They, they should. But will they? Several. At least well, they should. Yeah. Have well, that will that remains to be seen. Chris, what uh, what grade are you giving Tottenham? I'll give them a, a, a B. Same, because I mean, if we could talk about keeping Harry Kane, but also you really want to get rid of that player right now because it could become a very toxic, like oh, you guys were saying, a very toxic uh, locker room. Locker room. Yeah. Just just having someone. That's that doesn't want to be there doesn't help your team's chemistry whatsoever. I mean, he he said on uh, Twitter and on Instagram that uh, he wanted that uh, Twitter lies. No, 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 because he was so heart he was it was so heartwarming to see the the fans' reaction. So obviously, he's happy to stay. Uh, we don't know what happened behind I'm the scenes. We don't ah. truly know what the tone is with Harry Kane, but especially with the fact that they have a new manager that already has to win over a pretty interesting locker room in Tottenham. Like you know, adding Kane to that old debacle is definitely. I, I, I love I Harry Kane's post where he's like, "Yeah, it was so incredible to see the reaction from Spurs fans." Yeah, as if that meant anything thing to you as if you would not have been out the door if you know Tottenham could agree a deal with Man City. All right, uh, let's 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 pivot over to that sweet sweet international drama and that Oh Christian no wait, Marathon. sorry. Oh no no Jeff, let's get to let's get to a few more to come. We there were PSG, there were federal Jones. immigration police on the field during we'll a match. We'll get to that. We will get to that. Uh but, but first I, I do I do cool we would do still we still have some big story let's cover here. Chris you're on the spotlight Real Madrid Oh, I mean, what do we think? I think we did all right. I have no, no, I have a problem, but I, I understand getting rid of a 30, or almost a 36 year old Sergio Ramos. I, I get it. You don't want to pay him enough money. So, yeah, you're going to let him go to free for to um, PSG. I'm very, very, very upset that we didn't get a certain French striker, but that's fine. That's fine. We'll get him next year for free. You guys got Liverpool's going to get him next year for free. You you guys got into a pissing contest with literal billionaire state-owned. Like, there's no way. The moment it became uh, a pissing contest in terms of money, there's no way PSG was going to back down at any point. Like, once it became about Gen- measuring their manhoods psg are like nope no amount you you could offer us a trillion pounds it, it, it doesn't make a difference we, actually, will, we will not sell him i actually don't think it's that big a miss that they didn't get him Bobby this summer because if they can get him next summer no they're gonna get him next no, summer, I just get him next summer and not only that they now have 160 million more pounds to spend on surrounding him with good players no i know so i, I, I think I, this actually really lays the foundations well for a big ramager rebuild next summer so i don't just, think as the Real Madrid fan I am, I want him now. Well, yeah, I don't of course, want him of later. course. Um, I'll give Real Madrid a B minus. I mean, they lost Ramos, and even if they didn't add Mbappe, I, I was hoping they would make some some better. So, I mean, Alaba is a good signing. Alaba for free. Yeah, is is a good signing, but I. I mean, free, I think they could have done more. Camavinga getting over the line at the very end. Well, you know, B plus. B plus. We did good. Yeah, yeah. Camavinga is a good one. We Listen, we're not talking about the absolutely huge deals that they made. I mean. Bale back from loan. He's actually playing. He's not that bad right now. <laughs> he's, not playing, he's not playing terribly. Bale, Benzema, Hazard's not a, t- uh, not a bad front three. Vinicius no, no, Jr. Has- no, no, no. Forget Hazard. But, but, but Vinicius, Vinicius is playing, is playing amazing. Vinicius is killing it right now. We, we, we don't, unfortunately, we really don't need Hazard. Just keep Vinicius. You guys never needed Hazard. Uh-huh. Yeah, but actually, I don't think you realize just I, I, how, I don't think you realize just how thick he is. <laughs> They needed him. I mean, my my one comment on Real Madrid for this summer is they get an A plus for offloading Sergio Ramos in terms of payroll and finances, but they get an F for the way that it was carried out with the player because you know to treat a franchise legend like that is just really shoddy. It's part of the Real Madrid culture to to do that. They did to Ronaldo. They did it to Casillas. They'll do it to whoever. They don't care. All right, so let's let's quickly move on. Uh, PSG greatest transfer window of all time. We don't terrible, hey, terrible. F minus. It's terrible. Oh, they have, no, 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 no. They could have done a bit better. I'll give them like a B. They could have done a bit better. Uh, <laughs> hey, where's the love for Kayla Navas though? Like, come on. 
That's true. But yeah. come on. Yeah. Donna Rumor's not starting though. That pisses me off. Why? Well, um, is a good keeper. Well, I understand that, but I'm Italian and I want uh, I want Italy's like basically their future for the next decade to be getting regular game time. Or um, hear me out. You want a- was that once again he finds himself at one of the best clubs in the world and once again he's playing second fiddle when he really doesn't deserve to be playing second fiddle. Kaylor Navas he's not playing second fiddle right now. He's starting. He will be very will. Kaylor Navas is a poor man's starting spot over Gianluigi Donnarumma. <laughs> He's a he's a poor man's Sergio Romero. Yeah, I, I, Taylor I, Novice I, is a poor I, man's. I, Sergio we'll Romero. move off of PSG on that ridiculous <laughs> note. Um, Barcelona. Oh, uh, my, word. <laughs> my word. No, no, no. Okay, okay. It's bad. It's, it's not Arsenal F. bad. It's bad. No, it's no, not no, Arsenal no, bad. No, 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 no it's worse. The greatest player Jeff, of all how time can you on even? a free. That's an automatic F. I don't care oh who they sign. Okay. It, okay, is it would have been better if they worse than Arsenal. Yeah, it is times. way worse, bro. Their yeah, own but... players. Talk about talk about treating like franchise players badly. I mean, look, PK and Alba and Busquets, they volunteered to take pay cuts. But the fact that they were even in the position where they had to take pay cuts in order for Barcelona to register players that they signed on a free transfer three days before the start of the season, you get an F for that. No, 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 no. It's their transfer window and pissing in the books for the last decade are two different things. They get a Z minus for pissing in the books for the last decade. They get given given the financial constraints that they had, they had at best a subpar window. Now, comma, they get blamed for putting themselves in that financial situation. (laughs) Like that's a separate category with which someone should be burned at the stake. Well, that'd can, be we bar- just, can we just leave Messi out of it for a second and talk about the fact that they let Antoine Griezmann the- walk right back to yeah. Atletico Madrid uh. for nothing? No, aren't they? I mean, no, they are. Yeah, yeah. Pointless signings of the decade by any. Team. They spent the yes, but they they, re- they recognized their mistake. They recognized they their recognized mistake. Their mistake, and so they sent a world-class player right back to the squad he better fits in, who will directly oh. challenge them for the La Liga title this season. For After nothing. they've already won, also you strengthened the team. Nothing, also, but Atletico won the league last year, obviously, with, so he's only going to strengthen. Yes. But Atletico won the the, the the league last season with uh, with uh, Barcelona's striker that they they, they got rid of. Barcelona it's has just Paris, exactly just just Barcelona fucked up. is basically yeah. supplying Atletico Madrid with league winning attacking. <laughs> oh, but but for free. But, <laughs> but don't worry. But don't worry because you know what? They still have mess. Oh fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're so great. Oh, they also got rid of him. We finally live to see this day when Barcelona, the team that broke all of our team's hearts in the early 2010s, is finally getting that day of fucking reckoning. I I love love it. it. I love it. The fact that Barcelona are in the same tier as Arsenal for this transfer window is spectacular. (laughs) I I will inject this entire season into my veins. Um, All right. So, and then finally, just to wrap up, this is an interesting one uh, for the summer transfer windows. Juventus. F minus lost the go. No way. No. F minus no, lost the go. Bad. No, I don't it's think it's bad. It's not bad. Plus for that transfer because no, I, I don't get that. I, I give him the B plus for the window. And you know Ronaldo. You know clearly they weren't going to win a title off of Ronaldo's shoulders alone. So you know if the <laughs> idea is to now legitimately challenge for the Champions League, then yeah, they just went out and had a great transfer. Well, no, okay. I mean, here's the deal, right? Obviously, look, even without Ronaldo, they still have good enough players going forward. They still have Morata. They still have Chiesa. They still have DiBala. Uh, that's still, you know, there's plenty of talent going forward. They signed Lucatelli for a pretty reasonable fee, which is a pretty good deal. That's and look, one look, of the best signings of the window in general. Yeah, yeah. And selling Ronaldo, yes. I mean, obviously, you know, on the pitch, they're not going to, it, it will hurt them. But in the long run, it won't because Ronaldo is, they're basically paying Ronaldo so much money that the only players they could surround him with, as we discussed in the last show with Ben, were, you know, the Benton cores, the Rabias, the Ramseys were shite. Right. So I think that, you know, freeing up that that wage bill is actually a step in the right direction for them. So I, I give them a very solid B plus and I'm optimistic. Um, and with Allegri as well. I'm, I'm always happy to see Allegri return to the club. He's he's a manager who obviously has experience and no nonsense manager. He's a proven manager who's one of the highest levels. He's taken Juventus to Champions League finals. Um, I yeah can't go wrong with that. Listen, but, listen, 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 listen. Here, here's what happened. Juventus was engaged. They broke off their engagement to go date a cokehead, a chain-smoking cokehead. Then, then they broke off that quick little bender that they had to go back to a high school sweetheart of theirs uh, that 
they were very happy with. And of course that didn't work out because everyone romanticizes high school. And now they're back with the fiance who they were previously engaged to be married with. Yeah. Well, we're going to discuss, I uh, see, I have my take on the event. When we get to our little special segment, uh, I have my take on the event just for this. Um, but let's, let's move on to uh, some world cup qualifiers and particularly the United States. Uh, why would why would you no we're no, start, no we're starting, starting with the police we're starting, starting with Argentina with Brazil in the seventh minute of the match Brazilian police take the field because four players two from Aston Villa two from Tottenham all four of them on their cards when they entered Brazil did not say, did not properly list that they were from Britain and as no, a no, result no, no. not only that they have were quarantine from Britain, that they hadn't even been in Britain. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So someone, some team like official somewhere probably blanket filled out everyone's cards and handed it to them so that when they got off the flight, they would just hand them off and be done. Yeah. See, I wonder if it's all, yeah, but it's not like millions of people are watching these guys on like live TV or anything like that. I mean, there's no like, you know, a few days earlier. Uh, we knew so it's ridiculous. It's, also, in, the it's embarrassing. Not- the game should not have been taking place in Brazil. Brazil is a hotbed for COVID right now. The Copa America should not have been take, should not have taken place in Brazil. Um, just switch the fixtures around. Play in Argentina. There's a very good chance this fixture gets made up sometime in June after both these teams have already qualified and all the other uh, qualification games have been played for South America, and it'll it's just be rewarded to only uh, not Brazil. Uh, rumors of it being awarded to Argentina. Why would be rewarded to Argentina? Because Brazil was the one responsible oh. for the match being canceled where it was. The b- Because the Brazilian police stepped in, from FIFA's perspective, Argentina has done nothing wrong. Brazil is the reason that the match can't be yeah, played. Yeah, no, but, but Argentina's players basically violated no, the Brazilian requirements for entering the country. Brazil didn't want anyone in the country who either had been quarantined or had been in another Yes, but country. that, so that has Argentina. nothing to do with whether or not... No, it has nothing to do with whether or not FIFA is legally... You, According to FIFA, Argentina was legally allowed to register and play those players. Whether or not the traveling between countries has nothing to do with FIFA's rules. So from FIFA's perspective, the only people that stopped this match from being played were Brazilian police. Whether or not that's right is a different question. But from FIFA's perspective, this match could either be awarded to Argentina for Brazil calling it off in a manner that FIFA does not find okay, or replayed sometime in June. Yeah, I mean, I would hope it's the latter option. Um, hopefully it doesn't matter and they finish one, two in qualifying in South America. Like we all expect them to, and they, you know, play it as a glorified friendly because right. there is, it's not like we're gearing up for a world cup this summer. No, no, it's true. Um, although I don't, FIFA, man, God, they're putting in the winter. I just, that's a whole, that's a whole other story. <sighs> Fucking FIFA. What, are they rescheduling the world cup again now? No, it's, it's for winter of 2022 in December. Yeah. 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 So the summer, the summer of 2022 is, you know, going to be just, uh, it's going to be a boring summer. So they're doing it. So they're doing it. What? Starting it in like December, 20- uh, November. It'll November. be mid November oh, to mid December. Oh God. So right Curious. Dead summer of Qatar. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Minimum temperature, 110 degrees. Not a nice, a nice cold temperature. Yes. Oh. Um, so hold on, hold on. Against... We're gonna press pause for a second. Akshay, you think Qatar is in the southern hemisphere? Just, oh, just real quick. Someone has to brush right, up his geography. Uh, I haven't had fifth grade geography since I was in fifth grade. But, Homie, uh, go take a look at a map real quick. It's not particularly close. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> please, say. I don't, please pause I, for I, a honestly, second. I don't even think FIFA would be that stupid. Like, I mean, look, yes, a FIFA, we hold yes, we, they would. We, no, 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 we hold no, they FIFA specific... the same standards as Arsenal, and I get that, but I don't think they would be that stupid. Right. I don't FIFA even think was, Arsenal would be that They were smart enough to put it in Qatar winter exactly because it would be too hot. Yeah. Minimum temperature 100 degrees instead of 110. Cool. Oh, no, you're not wrong. It's going to be blazing hot. But it has been blazing no, hot in World not, Cups before. Uh, it's apocalyptically hot. Got it. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, two points back to FIFA out of 100. <laughs> um, all right. The question is, will the United States be playing in those ridiculous temperatures? Yes. No. Well, they will be. Yeah. But uh, do, do we have reason 
how optimistic can we really be about listen, that? Listen, given how much let's, let's, let's go game by game and, and start with the El Salvador game at El Salvador, where the police in El Salvador are specially trained for handling piss jugs being thrown at players. This was one of the more hostile environments that the United States team will have to travel to and face in their first ever World Cup qualifying game. Most of these guys are our age. They weren't around for the Trinidad and Tobago, which means they weren't around for any of the other CONCACAF qualifiers. CONCACAF qualifiers are not the same as any other soccer they've played since they were in middle school. This is terrible fields, hostile, insanely hostile environments, and something that they're going to have to get used to and figure out how to play in. It's almost not the same sport that they play when they practice on pristine pitches in Europe or even when they're training. The problem is that since CONCACAF Hex has existed, the rules for qualifying have always been try and draw away, try and win at home. And in case you're curious, since 1998 with the Hex, the U.S. men's national team had the best away record of any team in the history of the Hex with eight wins, 12 draws, and 11 losses. Less than a 50% result. Jeff, Jeff so you're telling me that guys like Giorena, Josh Sargent, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKinney haven't played in hostile environments before? Uh, no, not in the same no, tier. No, no not, not like, It's different. Not like, it's different. And it's playing... Different. Playing in those CONCACAF qualifiers in places like El Salvador and Trinidad and Honduras and these, th these games, whether or not, like, yes, they've been in loud crowds in, in huge filled packed stadiums with passionate fan bases. This is a different kind of hostile environment. This okay, is fine. a backyard street. Bro. Yes. I'll, I'll grant you that that could have influenced it, but they were playing at home against Canada and they oh, were. Well, they, they, okay. Canada okay. Better. Let's get to that game. That's the problem at home against Canada. We looked not great in the first half. We made some things happen in the second half and looked a little bit better. But yeah, the Canada game is, is the real problem. We needed to be doing much better there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they, they have to improve. I mean, look, they took the lead at the 55th minute and held it for seven minutes. And again, you know, I, I was very optimistic because I'm sure many other American fans were because we now have players playing for not only in Europe, um, but for some of the best teams in Europe. They, you know, we, we, we have to see improvement. Um, it's as simple as that. It's, I mean, these, these players are young and I get that, but I don't know, maybe we, and look, it's only two games and there's, you know, what, eight games left in, in the qualification. So I'm sure we will make way it. more, way more than eight. Way, oh yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll 12 more, 12 more. Right. So there's time to improve, but what, what uh, what I want to see is like our performances. I mean, obviously I want results, but like, I don't want a squeaking by teams like El Salvador and Honduras. The, I want convincing wins. Yeah. I, I don't I, think that's unreally, I don't really think that's unreasonable given tier players that the United States now has in its squad. I agree. And I need, I, I really think that if you actually sat down and watched the 180 minutes that we played, and I'm sure Chris is about to get to this. So I'll let him talk in a second, but Really, those 180 minutes that we've played, what we're screaming out for is a number nine who is a target for our crosses. We've got some guys with some great deliveries, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Daryl DK as the starting striker in the next window because w whether it's Sargent or Aronson or whoever, we we need we need a big body, you know, box it out. Dude who's willing to, to scrap in the box and go out and fight and win headers and... I, I honestly think that Daryl DK might be the answer, at least for qualifiers. Maybe he's not the answer for when the World Cup rolls around. But right now, that's the kind of body we need. We need Josie. That's what I was going to We need Zardes. We're, miss we're, we're missing the Josie Altador, the, the huge presence. Because, like, you know, they're all great players. I can't say anyone in the United States is a bad player anymore. But they're, they're all too kind of small. We don't, have a, we don't have someone that can just, like, be a physical presence. Our greatest creators are scrawny little dudes. It, Reyna and Polisic are, are not beefcakes. No, not at all. Aksha, unless you have anything that you want to add on the U.S. Uh, men's national team, shall we go to our little special exclusive segment for this episode, just given that it was international break and – I prefer not to talk in any more detail about how Italy couldn't beat Bulgaria at home or how the United States couldn't beat Canada at home. Oh, uh, did anyone see the Northern Ireland result? No, I did not. What was the score of that? I don't know. I, I'm looking for their – I'm 
eagerly awaiting to see if they can finish second in their group. Oh, it's tomorrow against Switzerland where they have the huge matchup. Right. Huge uh, well, matchup for the, they listen, they could finish second in their group. It's happened before. They came yeah. within the playoffs of making the last World Cup. They were in the sweet, sweet Euro 2016. They were a knockout team in Euro 2016, baby. Listen, this podcast is Northern Irish stands. It, well, we are. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, hey, who knows? Uh, you know, we've seen Costa Rica give it a good run. And by the way, it's interesting. Teams like Sweden can actually, if they win all their games, Sweden can jump ahead of Spain. Um, I believe Armenia can actually. Uh, if Sweden I'm not mistaken, has, has two in hand and are a point down. I think Sweden expect to beat Spain. They're three for three in qualifiers Ar- Armenia so far. Armenia is second in their group as well. So it's actually a lot more interesting than I had anticipated. England is, is pretty much a lock in at this point. Ireland is dire. They've played five and have nicked two points out of it and are fourth in their group out of five, which means, you know, bye bye, sweet, sweet Irish you, you World Cup. You could see Scotland going to the World Cup because uh, they're second in their group right now, behind uh, ahead, just a point ahead of Israel. But Scotland in the World Cup would be quite a sight, no doubt. Um, but anyway, and, and and for that matter, Israel uh, doing better than Austria and definitely has a shot. Israel, Austria, and Scotland will be a very interesting race to see who can nick second in that group behind Denmark, who hasn't lost a game and has scored twenty two and not conceded. But let's get to the segment uh, that we that I and I'm sure everyone else here. Was, was most looking forward to. Um, so obviously not too much club football to cover on the pitch. So we decided to do, Jeff and I, uh, a little segment where we decide what movies football teams would be. And we'll look at, you know, comparing their cast and crew. Uh, but what movies are our teams like the Liverpools, the Uniteds, the Real Madrids, the, the Chelsea's and the Bayern Munichs? Um, so, I mean, I have my answer. I didn't write them down uh, because I just, I, I wanted to see your reactions. I wanted you guys to react in like live time. Um, but I'll, I'll start. I'll start. So I, I'm going to start with Barcelona here just because I don't really have an answer for United. Barcelona for me is any DC movie because they've tried so hard to have like so much happen in them and get all these big, you know, big players and big superheroes. But like, didn't really think about actually like developing it and like what worked. Like they spent all this money on Usman. They rushed to spend this money on, on Usman Dembele and Coutinho and, and Griezmann. Right. And just like, I feel like DC is rushing their universe. They're not taking the time to actually build it. They're just putting a bunch of characters and saying, go blow stuff up. And that's why the movies suck. And for the same reason, that's why Barcelona sucks. And look, there are exceptions to DC movie. I mean, Wonder Woman was good, but like the Justice League, Batman v well, was- Superman. I'll say that then Barcelona is not just any DC movie. It, it is the Justice League. Yeah. It is trying to get the superheroes all at once, and then it's a hot dumpster fire. Without, without really thinking it through. Mainly because they didn't take the time to establish any chemistry with any of them. <laughs> there oh, we go. my. There we Beautiful. go. Listen, we go. It's, it's coming together. It, it really is coming together. I mean, oh, yeah, isn't there a Batman v Superman 2 coming soon? Oh, there's no way there's a Batman. V oh, yeah, baby. Starring, no uh, Ed, starring Team Edward, baby. Starring okay. the 16th Batman DC has tried to put forth in the <laughs> okay. past 10 years. <laughs> um, so let's move to United. And I, I actually did just, I remember what, what my movie is going to be for United. No Way Home. You know why? Because we're all just like, you know, Manchester United fans have anticipated the return of a player who they adored over 10 years ago. One of the biggest figures, an icon. And with Spider-Man, we've had hints at the multiverse. A lot of rumors of Tobey Maguire returning. I wonder what I can compare that to at Manchester United. It has to be Spider-Man No Way Home. No? All right, Jeff, what do you think? Listen, I am actually still fleshing out the last few cast members of my movie because I've actually, uh, not only do I have a movie for United, but I am currently casting their players as the characters of the movie. So give me a second, flesh this out. Actually, I pick a team to work with a Star Wars movie like I know you want to right now. Oh, and I, let I, me I come back. Team, I have two teams that are going to work with Star Wars movies. And they're both go for it. Let me, let me, let me save mine for last. Let me save mine for last. I'll let Akshay go first and then I'll get into that. So, I'm kind of doing these on the spot. Um, for Manchester United, I'm trying to find a movie that uh, came out a year too late, but was still really successful. Um, just based off of this season, you know. So uh, I'm looking through like movies that were delayed because of the coronavirus. 
no. Black Widow. Yeah, we saw Black, Black Widow. Widow. Was Black Widow good? It was a good movie. It was, it was, yeah. it was good. Black Widow, I almost want to say Candyman. I don't know if Candyman was delayed, but I want Candyman to see Candyman. That's really fucking good. If you guys haven't seen Candyman, freaking see, I want to see that. Just be prepared because it's really, really heavy. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, I guess Candyman, if Candyman was delayed, because it was delayed by, I guess, a year, but it still came out eventually and was really, really good. So, but we don't know. We don't know if United's going to be really good, though. I mean, I'm just on fair. On paper, yes. All right, so for me, I'll, I'll start. Okay, I, I'm going to start with Juventus. Juventus is the Star Wars sequel trilogy because they have no idea what fucking direction that they, they are heading in. So you start off, right? The earliest, let's, let's start off in 2018. I, I'm going to compare, to, I'm going to start from 2018 when they signed Ronaldo. And that, that's like in the first year's like The Force Awakens. It's promising. It's not exactly what you wanted it to be, but you can see Ronaldo's playing well. They still have a good group of players, right? And then you decide, we're going to go, you know, we're going to switch everything up. We're going to try to implement this attacking style that we've never even bothered with and transition while we have Ronaldo in his last year of his peak and get Mauricio Sarri, who's won nothing. And meanwhile, Star Wars decided to go with, what, who's the, uh, Ryan Johnson, dare I speak his name, uh, for, for The Last Jedi. Another, you know, actor who uh, director who didn't really fit the star wars mold at all and he obviously completely just reversed the course from the force awakens decides to kill off snoke and whatever and then and and luke skywalker made a made a mess out of luke skywalker and you know some of the more iconic characters right and then and then uh you made a, well star wars decided they realized okay well it turns out killing off the old characters and going this direction uh, and just breaking away from the Force Awakens was a terrible idea, and we hated it. So we're gonna try to fix it. We're gonna try to fix it by bringing back some of the old characters that we have left. Oh look, Emperor Palpatine's back, and he was the villain all along. Just like Juventus, they decided to go with Pirlo. Formal, you know. Again, a loved character, but just not really what they should have went for. Um, and then after all of that, after all of that, you may just go back to Allegri. Um, so yeah, Juventus for me are, are the Star Wars sequels. Um, now, first of all, does anyone, anyone like to add anything, Would they change it or. Uh, it sounds pretty, sounds pretty good. I think that's pretty, yeah. Um, I have a very, very similarly related one for Man City. So I'm just, uh, okay, go, go, go for that for Man City. Okay, Manchester City, I'm going with, you could say either Force Awakens or Rise of Skywalker because, the point in both cases is that every time you think you've destroyed their giant battle station of death, they always come back with another one <laughs> to, yeah. to, uh, to piss you off again. So yeah, that's Man City for me. So for me, and then this another team that I'm going to compare to a Star Wars movie is Liverpool. And of course, and I'm going to compare it to Revenge of the Sith. Now, Revenge of the Sith divides opinions here. I happen to love it. Chris, not so much. Jeff, I know you're not a fan of the prequels. Just like this Liverpool team divides. Look, they can oh, obviously listen, win listen, trope. listen, before we go on and just slander my takes, I'm not a fan of the prequels. I'm not a fan of the sequels. I'm not a fan of the originals. Okay. Uh, let, like, don't, don't make it sound like fine, I like the fine, other ones. Fine, fine. But look, this the Liverpool team, I think, is definitely capable of winning trophies. And at their best, in their best moments, they are like easily one of the best teams in Europe when they're at their best. And just like Revenge of the Sith, its best moments are up there with the best moments in Star Wars. You had the fight between Yoda and Palpatine, and obviously the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan is one of the best fights in cinematic history. Just no, you can say the rest of the movie shit. You can say there's no depth to the dialogue, just like there's no depth to Liverpool's squad, but, but it has its moments. you got to hand it to them. Um, and that's why, yeah, Revenge of the Sith is Liverpool. Who's the emperor? About last season, I would have just picked a movie that had tons of onset injuries. <laughs> sure. um and of course obi-wan kenobi is virgil van dyke is the great obi-wan kenobi mo salah is yoda uh and klopp is emperor palpatine he's daddy and barcelona and then also barcelona is every jedi in revenge of the city <laughs> well actually if we want to say who's emperor palpatine come on it's florentino perez that's uh, yeah, that, the disrespect, that, yeah, yeah, the disrespect yeah. for daniel levy on this podcast will not be tolerated no. No. Um, Perez is the emperor. Like nah, you're right. You're right. Levy's more like Dooku. Levy's more like Dooku. Levy's Dooku. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Th th throw back to when Ben Shapiro called Count Dooku a libertarian. Uh, you have any idea how many people I've told that? Just like how that just single ridiculousness so, of that statement. Oh, 
God, bro. So is Ben Shapiro trying to call Ben Shapiro proclaims himself to be a libertarian. So is Ben Shapiro trying to say this Count Dooku? Uh, anyway. This is not a political podcast. Yeah, we do no, not we, endorse or decry any political candidates. The views of this podcast do not reflect in any way, shape, or form the views of the individual members of this podcast. That's fair. But Insert that wherever saying, you want. Insert I, that I like at the start. And saying uh, that, I mean, I, I personally don't endorse many of Ben Shapiro's views. But anyway, yeah. So back to Daniel Levy Any. somehow being Emperor Palpatine and uh, Lord Levy being uh, Count Dooku. Um, Chris, Real Madrid. Real what, Madrid. What's your movie I, for them? You told me before the show started. Well, but. okay. So there's two because you were talking about Star Wars, right? I do think that just, I don't know if it's like, all of Star Wars, but it, it Real Madrid gives the Empire vibes a lot. A lot, they they all wear white. Their leader wears black, as in Perez wears black. Yeah, yeah. But you've had another one that oh, I think the Godfather fitting. easily, yeah. easily the Godfather. Uh, I mean, that's fitting, Jeff. It, you sorry, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. It, it's it's the team that has the most Champions League trophies. You know, we kind of but just. The old money of, of football. We're the old money. We're, we take oh, care Lord. of you. They're the Don. I mean, yeah, we take yeah, care yeah. of you until we don't need you when we throw out the, with the fishes. Yeah, that's a pretty valid point. <laughs> um, Jeff, you had, a, you had an interesting take for Real Madrid, I remember. What did I have as a take for you Real Madrid? They were, you said they were the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because... Oh, 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 oh not, not current Real Madrid. Early Real Madrid was, was this, this incredible combination of just absolutely world-class movies that you put together. Everything was thought out. You, you know, you brilliantly fit all of these elite pieces together. That midfield is a combination of like, I don't know, Captain America and like, you know, throw some Hawkeye in there, throw some Black Widow. Like, uh, you know, you've got, you've got obviously, you know, Iron Man, Ronaldo. But, but not only that. Though, but like, like, but, but the, the peak, the way they built everything together, they won four Champions Leagues. They were on top of the world. They changed the way that, that we looked at the game in terms of building these superstar rosters. And then what are they doing now? Oh, to be fair, though, to be fair, Real Madrid actually also have like some promising young players. You could see signs of like, you know. Yeah, we, we see, see signs of the future. Yeah, no, and no, it's the, the same, same thing, thing with, with the MCU. Universe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you, yeah. You, have, you have the hopes, you have the young, you know, you have Tom Holland, you have the future Avengers. You have, you know, there's, there's definitely signs that you have the future there. And there's signs that you have, you know, this incredible past where they've done you know, absolutely Galactico record-breaking, you know, monetarily record-breaking things. Uh, and the future looks incredibly bright, but we're kind of in a lull in the middle where everyone's kind of coming off that high of Infinity War and Endgame and kind of the capping of that story. And we're yeah. ready for the next story to kick That's off. So and well, there's well. a little bit of a lull. And we all miss Iron Man. We all miss Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. I have a movie for every uh, title contending Serie A team. And that right, movie go for is it. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because it's incredibly, incredibly racist on every level, but nobody cares because it makes a ton of money for its league and it's just <laughs> a fun to watch product. <laughs> so I didn't even think of the Indiana Jones news. That's a good one. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, okay. Arsenal. Just, just think of the worst movie you could possibly Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yes. Yes. The room. <laughs> You are no. tearing me apart, Arteta. <laughs> oh, Arsenal, yeah. But but the problem is that that the room doesn't have a, a storied past, guys. The room doesn't have the Invincibles in its past. Okay, okay. Then Arsenal the is like one of the storied most the like storiedest pests of any movie, Jeff. No, oh, it doesn't. In it what world? Tommy Wiseau. We still don't know what year Tommy Wiseau was born. This is like an internet phenomenon. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's an incredible meme. Don't don't mistake that with having actual success in its past. Okay. Are okay. You, are you calling like Tommy Wiseau is a multimillionaire? Do you call that not success? No. But the, we don't, we don't, like, probably, we don't know about Tommy Wiseau's more past. More well-known movie in some households than Indiana Jones or Star Wars. I mean, yeah. The, the show point. me one of those households. Show me one of those households. Apology for the room at this point. <laughs> you are. Um. Okay, and then for me, I, I want to go with Byron, uh, and then we can also do maybe PSG. Um, for Byron, I have them as like a Mission Impossible or James Bond that they're not like one of the top top teams at the moment, but they're always they're always a good movie. You you can never go wrong with them. You can never go you can really never go wrong with like a James Bond or Mission Impossible. Uh, you know, good cast, 
not like amazing movies aren't like amazing but still iconic um a, and byron's a, always up there always up there with the contenders i have an old movie for, for byron Munich. have you ever heard of the blob no so basically it's about a monster that absorbs everything around it <laughs> and that's what they basically yeah. do in the bundesliga ah i there's a player i like Nom nom, so nom, 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 nom. That is so great. And then <sighs> you could you could just say like Game of Thrones. Like every time there's like an underdog that you think might like upset the status quo, they're immediately killed off by the mainstream. Uh, that, that's a little bit of a reach. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. But I just want to build up because that like that blob analogy is just so perfect. <laughs> okay, um, we're we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm ready for mine. And here's the thing: is I'm missing a couple of pieces, and I think a couple of pieces are are pretty damn incredible. But the way this is gonna work is that I want you guys to try and guess the movie. I'm gonna give you the actors. I'm gonna give you the the players that they represent, and I want you guys to try and guess the movie if you can. Okay, go for it. We're gonna start with Julia Roberts. She is the Premier League title. She is the thing that everyone wants. Terry Benedict, played by Andy Garcia, is Pep Guardiola. Andy Garcia is Pep Guardiola. George Clooney, he's Ronaldo. So we're talking about Man City here, are we not? Pretty woman. George Clooney is Ronaldo. No, let's let's let's. We're talking about Matt. I mean, Matt Damon plays Jaden Sancho. Don Cheadle, Fred. Okay. Brad Pitt, Bruno Fernandez. Oh, I see. Okay. This is Ocean's whatever. Ocean's. This is Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. Yes. And this is the heist. And Julia Roberts is the Premier League title. And George Clooney is Ronaldo, and he's ready to steal that title from Pep. Toby Maguire's Ronaldo, mate. <laughs> I don't think you remember that movie successfully. And Brad Pitt is his 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 friend, his colleague, Portuguese friend of his, Bruno Fernandez. Who is Matt Damon? He's the youngster. He's the unproven heist guy with a with a with a history. Everyone's optimistic about his future in in the con game. But right now, I don't know. He's a little young. He's a little reckless. Let's see how he fits with this team. Matt Damon, Jaden Sancho, beautiful. Don Cheadle, the explosive expert, a little bit chaotic and a lot of running around. It's Fred. It's a beautiful fit. A little bit chaotic. I don't know about that. Um, Just really hope the heist pans out. Listen, Saul, Saul Bloom, the guy they have, the really old guy that they have that goes and actually stays at the hotel and is the high roller that helps get them inside access, gets them into the safe. Edinson Cavani. He is. He is an elder statesman, but he is an incredible conman, and he does a very specific task for the team that they need him to do, which is score fucking goals. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 here's where I need a little help. I'm looking for the acrobat. I haven't placed the acrobat yet. I haven't placed Dumb and Dumber, the twins, uh, the, the reckless twins who uh, drive the uh, little remote cars. Haven't placed them yet. Still working on it. Curiously, I'm in the De Gea and Dean Henderson vibe because it's a pair and you probably only need one. You definitely only need one, but somehow we have a pair of them. I don't know, probably because of nepotism or in this case, you know, Casey Affleck getting a job that he doesn't deserve. The acrobat would have been Morrow and Fellaini, but he's gone. Yeah, but he's gone. But and uh, oh, we, so perfect. we also have uh, Eddie Jemison, who's the, the tech guy who ends up like wiping his hand and like messing up the blueprints and walking the wrong way and almost messing things up despite being the like tech and logistics guy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well done. Very easy. All right. How about Bernie? Almost fuck things up. I was like, yeah, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) How about, how about, how about Bernie Mac? He's the, he's the car dealer that they get to, to work at the casino. He. Uh, Ole is at the wheel. Sure. Sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if that one fits. I was, I was I thinking like of. That's kind of what Ole does at Manu, though. He's like, he's not like, you know, he's not really like. The oh, he man. at no point he's is he just... like the the like actual puppet master. He's not the Clooney. He's not the. No. Yeah, he's. It, I don't know. Ole might be actually the um. Who's the who's the guy that they do the heist for? The um. What's his name? No, they're they're doing the heist for Ryan Giggs. Let's be real. 
<laughs> Stop. <laughs> this podcast will not mention that name. Alex, bleep that, please. Yes, we are an anti. We are an anti-cheating with your uh, brother's wife uh, podcast. Um, I, I I did actually think of a movie for Arsenal besides uh, the room. Yeah, X Men Origins Wolverine. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll take, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take, they're, they're, I'll take it. The question is, which one of their players is Deadpool? That's the question. Well, which one of their players is Wolverine? First of all, I think it used to be Urzel, but he's no longer deserving. Oh, yeah. So, who's who's playing the role of the one guy who's actually trying? Maybe Tierney. Kieran Tierney. No, no, but but Kyo Saka. Or Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney. No, no, no. Oh. It's either Saka or Arteta. Okay, let's let's. Make it's it. not yeah, Arteta. Yeah, yeah, it's no, not no, Arteta. Akshay. Kieran Tierney. Um. Okay, and then we'll make it Saka. Finally, um, for PSG, I'm just gonna go with Infinity War. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just everything what, coming uh, together. What movies solely had their success based off of the money put into them? Or maybe the the Titanic, Avatar. No, the the Titanic wasn't on the tier. Like that cast wasn't on the tier where it's like, yo, they just grabbed the best from everyone. What's a movie that's just like, sh- oh, 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 baby, oh, they're the A team. Oh, no, no, no. It's Lawrence of Arabia. Is it? Who's in Lawrence? You get, you, get that, you get those Saudi Arabia vibes, but you also get, you know, the massive money monster that is like a timeless classic today. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. That's that's, that's not fair. a bad. Yeah. I, I like that. That's, that's a, movies you can pick, but Lawrence of Arabia just comes to mind because I wanted something to do with shakes. So. Yeah, it's a it's a good first first draft. And, I, and like it's it fits pretty well. Great. Well, I think with that, that pretty much wraps up that everything we had planned. Um, I'll give y'all the opportunity to just add any final thoughts that, that you would like before this goes out tomorrow. Uh, Akshay is a terrible fantasy owner, and he won't win a single game this year. <laughs> Jeff is a hoe who stole $20 from me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Chris? Hala Madrid, that's all I'll say. Fair enough. There you go. Uh, and, uh, all I'm going to say is uh, I'm looking forward to Liverpool signing Mbappe for free. Shut the year. hell up. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. We have we have to look ahead to next hey, weekend's Chris, Premier League fixtures Chris, and ask. Old Salah has a consolation prize. That's oh, okay. Yeah. It's fine. If you, don't, if you don't get Mbappe, we'll get Holland. It's a big deal. We have to uh, you won't get either. Yeah. No, that's right. We'll get both. Listen, listen. Now I'm taking the piss. Now I'm listen, I, I've got to ask everyone. Just a genuine question. Ronaldo, over, under, I'm going to set the line at one and a half goals against Newcastle. Over, under, one and a half. Over. Genu- Ooh, over? over, over, over. Absolutely over. That's I See, the only reason I'm thinking under is I don't think he plays all 90 for United. I can see him. Under. I, I can see him. He's going to come off the bench. I, I can see him coming off the bench and scoring once, but I don't, I don't know if even being Ronaldo, if he could bag two in like 30 minutes. Uh, it is Newcastle, though. It really is Newcastle, though. It's Newcastle and it's Ronaldo. He can do yeah, it. Yeah, that. Uh, I'll take. I'll take the under. Yeah, I take a I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one goal. He comes off the bench. Grab, yeah. See, grab, I think. I think goal. one and a half is a fantastic line. Like, I, I, we split everyone perfectly. I think that's a good yeah, point. There we go. All right. Well, with that, I'm Alex Perry alongside Jeff Isa Hauser, Chris and Akshay. Great to have you boys back on. But until then, you will hear from us next week. Take care. <laughs>